Welcome to the Burlap Podcast. I'm the host, Paul Sheneman, and today I'm with Chris Fomesby. And before we get going this morning, uh, Chris is going to fill us in on a couple of things that's happened with Burlap. So, Chris, uh, what are some things that people can expect from Burlap um, in the next couple of months? Yeah, that's great, man. Thank you. We're uh, really excited about the, some of the recent tools we've been putting together. We're right in the midst of a, a new website design, which will be great, which will allow us to be more efficient and getting the tools that we're creating out to folks and distribute them in wider ways that are easier for people to access and through our e-commerce site and whatnot. But we'll be, we will, over the next couple of weeks, be releasing eight e-books uh, that will be ranging from topics like the segmentation of millennials and how to understand the differences between the segments and the, uh, just the overall millennial life and, and, and leadership and even even an e-book about how to connect uh, through your worship service and things like that. So those, those will be coming out. Uh, we will also be releasing here. We're piloting it and testing it uh, even as we speak, but we'll be releasing a, a survey that helps churches uh, understand the segmentation of millennial thinking in their congregation. And what's cool about that is it what it does is it, it, it it ignites a, uh, a reculturing of what it takes to not only engage millennials, but just be on the same page with the way that your congregation thinks. I think most people, as we've talked about in other podcasts before, but a lot of people think of millennials as a generation, which of course it is, but it's also a mindset. And so mm-hmm. there's there's so many um, people who think like a millennial but may not fit the age range and uh in this survey that we're putting together this congregational segmentation tool it uh identifies those things so it's really fun to see the results of the churches that we've we've piloted it with and and it's uh yeah it's good times and of course we just continue to put ourselves out there as a way to help people and serve people and and uh help them engage millennials just through training and and consulting and other things as well so you can continue to expect that as well burlap podcast going to be talking about uh, leadership traits uh, in, in those who are leading millennials, and, and specifically this comes out of research that we've done uh, in understanding what millennials expect out of leaders um, and trying to help leaders understand, really, again, the mindset of millennials. And Chris, um, can you tell them a little bit about what the, the research has come out of, uh, how it was done, uh, so that you, we get a context for for what it is? Yeah, I mean, a few months ago, we surveyed 100 millennials and basically asked, I think the question, I don't have it in front of me, but it was something to the effect of what are the most important traits in a leader that you would want to follow? And, uh, of course, as you might imagine, we had a, uh, a wide range of responses, but we took those responses and we uh, put them next to each other, if you will, side by side, compared them, looked for common threads, and then realized there was about 15 traits that we could identify from the 100 people and their multiple responses. There's about 15 mm-hmm. traits that kept emerging out of the data that said, man, these look like these are the top 15, at least for this group of 100. And uh, so, we, yeah, then we then began to just uh, inquire more deeply on that and, and look at what does that mean and, and how are how are people, uh, you know, really, truly in, in, 
engaging as leaders to lead millennials, but then on the other end, how are millennials receiving leadership? And I know uh, just in the last three weeks I've had conversations with three millennials in my church who have said, hey, could we get together, grab a coffee, and uh, chat about I'm struggling in the workplace and just want to get your insights and opinions. And it's just mm-hmm. been really the same story over and over. And so we do, yeah, we interviewed 100 people, we collected this data, but even just on a more experiential level, a day-to-day level, I'm, I'm listening to millennials who are like, man, I'm really struggling in the workplace. And when you get to what, is, what are they struggling about, it all comes back to one or more, usually not all 15, obviously, but one or more <laughs> of these, these traits. And so yeah. then when we posted about these in the three-part series that we did at thinkburlap.com, obviously, you know, we were uh, having great conversations with people about uh, – Leadership. I think um, it, mm-hmm. the posts account for two thirds of our interaction on our site, so we know that this is a hot topic and relevant with with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, we did post those uh, fifteen leadership traits, and some of the conversations that I've been having with people is about kind of really just digging down deeper. And so today's uh, uh, work is our conversation that we're going to have is really just kind of I'm going to pick. Uh, a few here, and I'm going to okay. ask you to, to kind of dig down deeper. So this is not rehearsed. This is just you um, kind of using your experience and what you know uh, about millennials and conversations that you've had and kind of helping us to to dig a little deeper. So I'll throw out one of those traits, and then we'll just kind of uh, move down that road. So the first one up is authenticity. So when millennials say, I want a leader who's authentic, um, what are some of the things that they are trying to get at with that? Yeah, we use that word a lot, don't we? You know, um, mm-hmm. and for obviously for different people, it means different things given the situation they're in. But honestly, the conversations I'm having, it comes back to a, a truthfulness, a sincerity, um, just an overall sense of I am who I say I am and who I want to be, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, one of the conversations I referenced the three millennials over the last three weeks, one of the conversations was with uh, this this person was, my boss just says one thing to me and says another thing to somebody else. And I mm-hmm. never know, like, which one, which boss should I be working for, the one who I'm standing in front of or the one who goes into that meeting and says something different. And uh, and that's part of authenticity, right? Who we are, who we, we uh, say we are, and and uh, we're truthful, we're sincere, we're honest, and we're mm-hmm. just real on the other level, you know. It's like, this is who I am, you know, and, and I'm, whether I'm celebrating something, mourning something, I'm broken into a certain situation, I can also expose that and realize that this is just about our humanness as much as it is is anything. And I do know from conversations as well as the data that as it relates to authenticity, uh, this is a way higher uh, on the uh, spectrum of importance with millennials in the workplace, and I would therefore imagine even in the church as it, as we uh, translate and interpret how this connects not just to workplaces but to the church is that they want people who are just honestly beyond this position of authority that I have. I have this desire to have authentic relationships where, yes, I'm the leader and you're following me, but I'm going to be who I've been created to be. And in that you're going to see a human person who has good times, bad times, and willing to to share those with with others. And I think it comes down to that Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways 
which obviously connects to some of the other traits like relatability and vulnerability that that you obviously mm-hmm. uh, know are on the list as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to read you something from churchplants.com. They have a post that said 10 reasons the church isn't reaching millennials. And we just love those kind of posts, um, you know, the ones that just kind of fill people with, like, grip the fear factor, right? right. I mean, we're all about that. <laughs> Not at all, uh, but but because it contrasts our style, I want to just read something that they write about uh, transparency and authenticity, uh, and okay. they say this, that those two traits are not high values in a church, um, and that's one of the reasons that they are not reaching millennials, and they go on to write this, if your church portrays a holier-than-thou mentality, and most of the sermon, sermons leave everyone feeling like terrible people, your church will be largely devoid of the next generation. Millennials are not looking for perfect people. Jesus already handled that. Millennials are looking for people to be real and honest about struggles and temptations. All right, what, what's your reaction to that in terms of authentic, authenticity and leadership within the church? Well, obviously, I mean, I have not read that, and I don't have it in front of me, so I don't know the whole context. I know. That's my, why I threw my, it out there. My, well, my <laughs> reaction to that, what you just read, was I might go 50-50 on that one. I might say, yes, that is true in the sense that millennials are looking for, um, it seems to be from the research conversations, the experiences, not just the conversations I have, but the conversations I have with other people leading in other environments, yeah, authenticity is key, transparency, vulnerability, you know, all these great words we throw around all the time. But I would say this, if you are who you are, whether I like it or not, is, uh, is not the question for most millennials. Most millennials that I interact with are saying, I may not be who you are, but I can respect the fact that you are who you say you are, even if mm-hmm. that's something that uh, doesn't fit with me. So, you know, if there's someone who's walking around constantly pessimistic about the world, you know, sure, is that, uh, is that hope-filled? Is that going to, you know, fire somebody's <laughs> uh, day and make it, make it a, a better day for them? Probably not, but it is going to be, well, at least he is who he says or she is who she says she is. And I think there's uh-huh. some connection to people in that. Like, I mean, I have relationships even at, at, at um, whether they're working relationships or whether they're just friendships where, there are people that I actually, they kind of drive me crazy. But I always go back and say, well, they're consistent. <laughs> That's who they are. And I think millennials are as much interested in just identifying that. Because what you don't want is the happy, shiny, everything's great, let's be positive Sunday morning, because they're going to sniff through that as well. Whether that's, you know, uh-huh. I, use the, I use Sunday morning, but it could be Saturday night or whenever you worship. So. <laughs> I just think, like, man, yeah, maybe, like, I don't know, like, um, yeah, yeah, go no. both ways on that, you know. So that's my that's my immediate reaction. Although I would say, generally speaking, yeah, you wanna you wanna you know get people not to come. It's like you know, uh, create a downer. <laughs> they want, people don't want that, but at the same time, I think it's okay to say, look, man, I I am who I am, and, and it may not be yeah. who you who you want me to be but it is who i am and there's a certain level of um connectivity respect appreciation dignity that comes with that yeah yeah all right uh the next trait that i'd like to hear from you is this uh this is this characteristic of leaders who are team players and they're collaborative what what do millennials think about that character trait as it relates to their leadership 
Well, I think it's important for leaders, all leaders, regardless of whether they're leading boomers, Xers, millennials, whoever, to have this as a as a trait uh, when they're accepting responsibility and acknowledging, you know, communicating with their team in a way that's transparent, but then also just in an overall way of saying, let's be, let's do this together. Uh, we all have roles. We all have, um, you know, certain skills, certain gifts, and we want to highlight those and we want to, we want to collaborate. And, and in my own leadership, I know that there's been times where I could have easily made a decision, moved on, but to bring other people into it, not just for the proverbial or even the practical buy-in, uh, but for just honoring people's skills and gifts, you know, and pulling that out of them. I think a lot of the millennials that we're talking with via either surveys or personally across the table, this is a key trait for them. I want to know that I'm contributing to something. I don't want them to just mm-hmm. be along for the ride. I want to contribute. And I think this is really important for the church, especially as it relates to engaging people in God's mission to restore the world towards its intended wholeness. I mean, if you're not going to create a collaborative environment where people can dream dreams and be entrepreneurial and and find ways to thrive and, and share their passions and skills, then they're going to go somewhere else to, to, to do that. And I think that's a, a key. Plus, I think there's a certain humility, which I think was another one of the traits that, that comes with being a team player and uh, collaborative. I mean, I, I mean, this... This this is a kind of a anecdotal in the sense that it's a story about my life that I coach a fifth grade boys baseball team. It's my son Luke's uh-huh. baseball team. The number one thing we're trying to instill in these kids is that you're a part of a team, and that selfishness can sometimes be camouflaged in things like uh, you know with fifth graders. Well, I had a bad inning and I'm crying as I come off the mound. Well, it's not all about you, dude. There's an entire <laughs> team here, uh-huh. and there's a certain level of of selfishness in that that like you know this i screwed up well as soon as you start thinking about i of course you're not thinking about the whole team and you know that might be even a reverse way to think about it as it relates to us leading like how are we calling that out of people and helping them see that that team and collaboration is is uh is key and then how do you help them deploy their ideas i think that's another another way that leaders need to think it's like well that you have this great idea I'm not just going to say figure out a way to do that. I'm going to help you figure out a way to uh, execute on that idea. So those are some initial thoughts that come uh, on that trait. Yeah. Um, When we were sharing out stuff on Twitter about uh, this particular – this particular character trait, uh, one of the things that came up is that we shared out an Inc.com uh, um, post that shared about 29 interesting facts about millennials, and one of them said that um, that there's research that shows 88% prefer a collaborative work culture rather than a competitive one. And one of the reactions to that on our Twitter account was, boy, are they in for a surprise, hashtag corporate life. Okay? So... Um, when a so I'm assuming who this Twitter follower is um, because I've, I've looked some stuff up. They have been a boss of millennials at some point. When millennials encounter a boss like that in the workplace, um, what do you think their reaction is going to be? Um, that <laughs> yeah. the attitude of you know this is how life is. This is corporate life. Suck it up. Yeah. Um, I think. I think uh, that's tragic, actually, and I think uh-huh. that that there is a presupposition that millennials are going to respond that way is tragic, but I think it's also tragic that 
if that's really the nature of what somebody's leading out of, then uh, that's unfortunate that they can't find the optimism and the hope uh, in the culture mm-hmm. that they could make as a leader. I mean, mm-hmm. now, obviously, these things aren't easy. You can't just snap your fingers and say, we now have a culture of collaboration <laughs> instead of competition. But That would be really nice, that. though, as a leader. Yeah, it would be awesome, yeah. I'd like you know, to snap the, the finger, or the easy button. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, you know, and I think, I think you, I mean, maybe you disagree with me on this, and that's fine, but my take on it is, as a leader, you have the ability to make culture. What's the culture you're making? If you're just mm-hmm. feeding the competitive monster, then that's what you're going to get. If you're going to be looking at ways to be more collaborative and change that culture, even if it's the art of the long view, and I might not be able to change it for three to five to ten years, at least we're working towards something that creates a more um, holistic, if you will, approach to, to life. Now, I understand that, you know, um, I work in a church, but I also do other things in the, in the corporate sectors, if you will, and I know that's competitive, and in some cases, it should be competitive. I'm not against competition. What I'm against is boxing people out because I don't know how to be a collaborative leader, and instead of just Uh saying, well, maybe I've got some learning to do. I mean, I saw a Harvard Review tweet this morning that said that one of the things that millennials hold as extremely important as the workplace, above boomers and above Xers, is the opportunity to learn and grow. And so if we're not creating as leaders these opportunities, these collaborative experiences and opportunities for, our, for millennials to learn and grow, whether it's in the corporate world or in the church, it's not, it's not going to have time for that. They'll move right past that and move right on to the next thing where they can find that. And so we could say, boy, are they in for a surprise, or we could say, man, they're going to be in for a surprise when we start changing the culture, and that's exactly what we create. I, I appreciate you you're rolling with me, throwing you these curveballs on things that you haven't encountered or or maybe have just uh just slightly touched on. Yeah, man, those are good curveballs. I appreciate it. Well thanks, Chris, for your time today. Yeah, man, it's fun. I like this yeah, format. Yeah, and, and if people good. want to get a hold of you um, uh, after this, uh, I mean, other than going to thinkburlite.com and, and, uh, and looking for your information, what's a quick way that they could get a hold of you if they want to have a chat about resources or training or uh, what we're doing with Burlap? Yeah, I mean, it's just Chris, C-H-R-A-S, at thinkburlap.com. That's the best way to reach me when it comes to this stuff. And obviously there's um, other... Um, places where they can find me on the internet and stuff but that's the easiest is just uh, chris at thinkburlap.com that comes straight to me and you know i respond personally to each one of those so um be happy to chat with people that'd be great all right thanks chris